Welcome to another episode of the Keep It or Change Cast podcast, where every week we answer questions from our audience. My name is Michael Pashut, but you already knew that. Joining me in studio today is a familiar face, and I call him Mr. Knowledge because he genuinely <laughs> does know it. He's got a face for TV, a voice for radio. Obi Makaditwa, Eagle Ford, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank Love you. the introduction, by the way. I couldn't do better. If you wrote it yourself, wouldn't be better. Obi, today we've got a good show ahead. Yeah. Two questions and a couple of discussion points. One of the discussion points is going to be finance. And then there's something that you want to share with the uh, audience, but we're going to share that for later. Great. Our first question today is from Tabu, who's from the Free State. He's an agricultural economist. Just as a matter of interest, have you ever heard of an agricultural economist? I, I, I haven't. I was battling to understand exactly what is it they do, but with my limited knowledge, I'd say he's probably out there in his car all day finding something. Making it worthwhile for the farmers, we yeah, hope. That's it, yeah. Keeping the prices down. Yeah. He has uh, indicated that he's got a 2011 Nissan Navara, not giving him any problems. That's not the reason he's wanting to sell. The reason he's wanting to sell is he feels the car's not giving him what he needs at his advanced age. 10 years from now, I'll be at his advanced age. <laughs> he wants an automatic. He wants something with cruise control. Vehicle's got 220,000 kilos. What would you imagine that vehicle's worth? Ooh, that uh, that vehicle, look, trade on that is 110 if it's a 4x2. Spot on, that's what I got. And if it's a 4x4, we're looking at probably 124, somewhere there. So it's it's a, it's, it's a car that's with book all day long. So I, I think it's you'll get a, a substantial amount out of it. So 110, 4 by 2 and probably about 120 if it's a 4 by 4 So something interesting, because I fully agree with you there. Now, in the trade at the moment is this perception that every car is worth under book value. If it's a 2019, 2020, very possibly. A 12-year-old car, you just don't find a Bucky in the 110, 120,000 rand range. Yeah. I've had the pleasure of speaking to him. He said he's had the vehicle since new. The condition is superb. So let's work on 120 as a happy figure there. Yeah. What is he going to replace it with? You see, for me, I was going to say he needs to keep it because it's non-problematic. And for what he's using it for, it's practical. So if you get something newer, something nicer, you just might not want to put it into those rugged fields and, and, and that sort of thing. You'll feel you'll feel almost like you don't want to use it to its full capability. So for me, I thought he would keep it. There's nothing wrong with the vehicle. And in these tough economic times, you know, keep your car. You're not paying an installment. Why go pay an installment? For me, if it's not giving you hassles, and I do understand that he wants something newer, wants something. Sure. But the novelty wears off after three months. The novelty wears off very quickly when you see the debit order going That's off. It. So That's let's it. look at it practically. I yep. always say for our audience, the question that we've got here, I promise you there'll be other people that have got a very similar question. Yep. He's got a vehicle that's worth 120,000 Rand. Puts it down as a deposit, fantastic. But to replace it, in my opinion, not less than 400,000 Rand to find something suitable, would you agree? I would. I would agree. Um, look, in my, in my stable, I'd say a Ford Ranger. Uh, super cab because he's it's a king cab. Correct. He wants a super cab. He wants a super cab. Not a double cab. Correct. And not a single cab. Correct. So you can pick up a 2020 or um, or 2021 Ford Ranger super cab, even a 2.2 XL. It's more than capable. It does the job. Can pick it up in in the region of about four four fifty four four sixty with reasonable mileage. So you can look at that, or you can even still go get a Navara. Um, but I think a single cab in, 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 I don't think I've seen a super cab actually <laughs> in Navara. So a single cab, uh, Navara, I mean, it will do the trick. 
Um, and I'm sure he'd want to claim his VAT back because it also correct. Um, it's it's a it's a workhorse. And being a commercial, he will be able to correct. But let's look at the financials. And for me, as a tricky situation, four hundred fifty thousand. He's getting one hundred twenty thousand. He's financing roughly three hundred thirty thousand. That is between eight and a half and nine thousand rand a month. A month, yeah. Remember the vehicle that you're financing. In the first year, you're paying off zero. That vehicle is going to devalue. So it's going to cost you roughly 110,000 rand in the first year to own that car. Every month, you don't have a debit order going off. What's it going to cost you to maintain that Navara? Roughly a year. 30,000? 30,000, if that. Yeah. 2,500 rand a month. Yeah. 2,500 rand versus 9,000, 6,500 saving. Absolutely keep it. But if you are going to sell it, go to OB, buy a King Cab, Super Cab, Ford Ranger 2.2, got more than enough power. Just something interesting while we're talking about the Ranger. Performance-wise, the Ranger 2.2 or the Navara 2.5? I, I have an opinion what I think will be more powerful. Look, the, uh, the 2.2 is, for me, and it's going to be a very biased answer, um, is, is a more modernized engine. Correct. But that 2.5 is bulletproof. You can't break it. Not to say you can break the Ranger, but the 2.5. <laughs> if you try hard enough, if you, you can. If you try hard enough, you, you can. But those the, those Nissan 2.5 diesel engines are like, you can drive it to the moon and back. They are bulletproof. So to answer your question, the 2.5 is is a, is a stronger and more durable sure. and probably tried and tested in the market. Longer than what a 2.2. But that Ranger to me feels peppy. I don't know how to explain it. Every time I've driven it, I mean, maybe because it's not overly loaded, but it did feel pretty peppy. No, 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 it is. It is. And also maybe consumption, fuel consumption, it will be better on the 2.2 as opposed to the 2.5. But it's personal choice. Final answer for Tabu, flip a coin, wherever it lands is the right decision. Need advice? Visit changecars.co.za and click on the Keep It or Change Cars tab. Our next question comes from Terry Moyo from Alberton. Also had a pleasure of speaking to him. Lovely man. His wife is retiring in five years, but they specifically want to buy a car now that they can keep for between eight and 12 years, essentially their last car. In 10 years' time, she'll be in her early 70s, and he said they'll start using Uber after that. <laughs> Identified three lovely vehicles for me. Mazda, Honda, and the Nissan Magnite. Any Mazda, any Honda, and specifically the Magnite, their current vehicle, 2007 Ford Fiesta, starting to give them a bit of problems, high mileage, over 200,000. In your opinion, what is that car worth? So in 2007, it could be any of the, the Fiestas. There's so much variety in 2007. One, he said the 1.4 petrol. 1.4 petrol, so it could be an ambient. So that, I would say that car is probably within the region of about 40, 50 grand, uh, which is a, is a good deposit on, on a new vehicle. What I do like is that they are planning ahead. So if they're going on pension in five years, it would only make sense to finance the car for five years so that when you are on pension, you've got no installments on the vehicle. Correct, correct. So we'd look at 60 months, which is one of the questions that they've asked. Um, so I would say um, 50 grand, put it down as a deposit on all those brands that he's mentioned are great vehicles. Um, a Honda. I would just imagine, when I look at Honda, I just always think Honda Jazz because it's such course, a, correct. a brilliant car that just that, does not break. That is the one? Yeah. And and Mazda, I, I would I would say either, depending on if they want a, a smaller vehicle like a Mazda 2 um, or a CX-5 for that matter, if they're looking for something newer. On the Nissan side, 100% with a Nissan Magnite with that great CVT box. I think all those models are, are, are the best to have. So 
he himself knows that he's chosen brilliant brands. So he's answered his own question in a way. Uh, any of those cars, I'm happy with. So there's two parts here. One, we absolutely agree. Yeah, it's not a case of keep it or change cars. Yeah, yeah it's change cars. Correct. You cannot keep your 2007 Fiesta. I thought about 35,000, but 3540, there or thereabouts. Thereabouts, yeah. Personally, I'm going with a Magnite, one liter turbo, CVT gearbox, looks good. When you drive that car, it feels immeasurably more powerful yeah. than what it actually is. The Jazz, superb. The Mazda 2, superb. I'm a huge Mazda fan, but slightly underpowered, based in Gauteng, the Magnite for sure? For sure. Technology-wise as well. I mean, that will come with your latest technology, you know, your Apple iPad, uh, sorry, Apple CarPlay, CarPlay. and uh, Android Auto. So that's got more features than both the, the Honda Jazz as well as the Mazda 2. Give it so, five years and every car will have an Apple correct. iPad. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Nissan Magnite, we both agree on that. I think that's that's a perfect choice. I want to throw a positive spin in the works. Yeah. yeah. Now they've got an additional 50,000 Rand to put down. They want to keep the installments to a minimum. They're retiring in five years. How long would you finance that car over? You've got 100,000 Rand deposit roughly. The fifty thousand plus a trade-in, call it there or thereabouts. How long would you finance that car so, over? So I'll take a shorter term to pay less interest. Correct. So I would say probably the 48, 48 uh, months um, a finance period that will narrow the the the, the interest. But obviously your your, in, your instalment will go higher. But because they're putting in more money into it to bring it down, Correct. that will help them a great deal. Therefore, you 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 know you finance it quicker. Now, on a daily basis, so one of the challenges that I find is people are buying cars that they essentially can't afford. Allow me to elaborate. A car that you can't afford over five years, that you've got to finance over six years, with a residual, where you've got to manipulate the figures, do you agree you can't afford that? You, you definitely can't afford. And balloon payment is there to make you afford a vehicle you actually cannot afford. 100%. And um, in the long run, you've actually paid more for a vehicle that you shouldn't have. But we make it more affordable monthly because people want what they want. Dealers are so helpful. After the break, we get to talk specifically regarding financial needs, best way to finance, what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Want SA's leading insurance? Visit changecars.co.za and click on the discovery logo. The vast majority of people who buy cars do finance them. For me, Obi, I see it daily, I see it weekly, I see it monthly. What you do today will come back to reward you or to punish you. You finance your car in August 2023 and you finance it incorrectly. You are married to that car. You either have a liability or you have an asset. What is your feelings regarding financing a car essentially that you can't afford? So basically, if you finance your vehicle that you can afford, 9 out of 10 dealers would put a residual on it to make it more affordable and obviously to make it affordable for your for the banks to have a look at the deal and actually approve it. Mm -hmm. The only gripe I have with that is that if it's not a reputable dealer and it's not a dealer that's doing reckless lending, they will qualify you the way they should and put you into a deal that you should be in. Correct. For example, if you are a rep on the road and you do mileage, you shouldn't be involved in any balloon payment or any residuals. Because you, what the mileage that you do on average year is not the same as a person. Correct, who's it's not in excess of. Correct. And what does high mileage do to a car's value? Depreciates the vehicle even 100%. more. Hundred percent. So, reps stay away from balloon and residual, and people who do certain mileage, and I'm talking two thousand or less 
2,000 kilometers a month or less, they can engage in, in residuals because we know we're saying that keep the car for at least three to three and a half years. Correct. And then you can trade it in. And then a vehicle should be able to settle itself because of the value of the car versus the settlement. Whereby if you've done tons of mileage in the first three years, because of the mileage, it will depreciate your vehicle and you won't be able to get settlement for your vehicle. But That's, now from, from a pure bank point of view, you would have to ask the question, it seems like the banks haven't, and I say it respectfully, haven't thought this through. Because daily, and I'm sure it's the same with you, car comes into you, customer's ready to buy a replacement. Got a settlement from the bank, you know in your mind the car's worth 160, 170, 200, 220, whatever the case may be. But in the car that's worth 160, 170, settlement's 210. The car that's worth 220, 230. Yeah. So, Obi, in your opinion, why that? For me, it's very, very simple. The car was either loaded, i.e., the car was sold for 250,000, but he owed 30,000 too much on his previous car. So now he's financed 280, but it's not actually 280. It's 290 plus, plus, plus. It's a disaster. It is. So, so how we need to look at that, again, I highlight reputable dealers and knowing what the contract is about and what you're getting yourself into. I.e., when you bring a car, you need to know what the true value of the car is, what the, the amount of the vehicle you're buying, and find out what is the shortfall amount that Correct. your trade-in is basically giving you for, 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 to the new deal. Because 9 out of 10, what dealers do, they will take the shortfall and obviously either ask you to put money into it Correct. or they will utilize discount or over allowances or, or on deals to make the deal work. So as a consumer, you need to sit down and actually understand the deal that you're actually getting into. So let me start at a starting point that I think everybody will understand. Work on a figure of 2,400 Rand for every 100,000 Rand you finance. So I want to buy a car for 200,000 Rand. It's going to cost me 4,800. That is perfect. What will often happen is a dealer come to you and say, OB, you are looking at the Mazda 2. Just using an example, entry level. It's 200,000. Do you know that we could get you into a Mazda 2, the top of the range, which is 280,000 Rand? 80,000 Rand more, your installment will be the same. The only issue is the first installment was over five years. The second installment is over six years. The first installment had no residual. The second installment has residual. Right there, that client, if they wanted to sell that car after three years or two years, they are in trouble. Would I be correct? You're very much correct. They're married to that car, like you, you, you said. And we all know that 50% of marriages in South Africa end in a divorce. That's it. You happily <laughs> married. A shout, out to a, a shout out to your beautiful wife. Yes, no, 100% right. Again, I stipulate, look at the deal that you get into. Because three years down the line, when you think you've paid, or let me say five years down the line, you think you've paid the car off. And meanwhile, the, the bank calls you and says there's a huge yeah. balloon payment that you still have to call, uh, that you have to pay. Correct. And uh, you're like, no, what are you coming from with, with this whole And this happens. It's this ha happens. It happens on a daily because you did not understand the deal that you initially got into. So I plead with everybody, when you do a deal, look at the terms and conditions. Correct. Make sure that the installment looks attractive, but how did we get to that installment? Correct. An installment can be manipulated, not scallums, but it can be manipulated. I repeat one more time. Five years with or without a deposit, but no residual is your golden or your target. Don't worry, is your golden egg. Correct. Looking to buy a new or used car? Visit changecars.co.za. Obi, 
you're a knowledgeable guy. We always talk about the consumer perspective. You raised something with me, which I thought was magnificent, and I'd love you to share it with the audience, what you'd like to share with them. Because when you do a deal with a dealer, it's not always one-sided. The customer Correct. is not always right. The customer Correct. is only right when the customer is right. Yeah. So we discussed this a, a while ago because um, I'm on the dealer side. When I say side, I mean in terms of prepping and- Correct. You know, again, I plead with people, please go to a reputable dealer who will play open cards with you. So, if you I, had to tell them reputable dealers, which uh, which platform would have the most reputable dealers in South Africa? Well, you had to say, change cars. <laughs> we had to throw that in there. Yeah, we had to throw it in. <laughs> so, so basically, what I say is, when a client walks onto the floor, we have to go into a qualifying process where we need to establish what is your budget, what is it that you need to to spend and what kind of car you're looking for, which will suit your lifestyle and if, that the vehicle is going to work for you. And any deal that's not doing that upfront is just pushing you into a vehicle that you do not need. Example, if I push a pregnant lady into a two-door coupe, that's not going to work. Let me just think why. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So it starts off there. So we Reputable dealers will make sure that they put you into a right car. They make sure that the finance is right and the installment is right and the contract that you're going to sign is right. What the consumer does not understand what happens in that moment. So we apply for finance and the dealer takes the documentation to the bank. There's somebody that receives this, these documentation, processes it and feeds it to the system and comes back with an answer that says, you are approved or declined. And then if declined, what will it take to get you approved? If you're credit worthy, correct. It's affordability. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it would be nice to share with the audience. A deal that's declined can be declined, i.e. terminally declined because you've got a bad credit record or affordability. affordability. What are the reasons it can be declined besides bad credit record? So there's a number of reasons. It could be affordability. It could be a doctor's note that was not paid and mm -hmm. all they're looking for is... A, a proof of payment or paid up letter. 100%. From, so, so there's a number of things. So you've got to know why is the deal to client and what for what reason. And another thing, if I may ask, as a dealer, as a consumer, on the other hand, cars worth 250,000 Rand, cars have got a retail book value. That car should be financed anywhere around 250 or maximum 10% over. Correct. But then you get something like a Toyota Hilux, Toyota Fortuner, Ford Rangers, you know it, and they're worth 20, 25% over book value. Correct. How do you circumvent that to get approval? So basically, that'll be equity. Equity. Correct. Again, it's either we can put more deposit or more um, yeah, deposit into the deal, or you can request the dealer to see if there's a deal that they can structure or, or, or take some sort of margin out to assist in doing the, um, the deal. But again, that's the dealer's prerogative. They will tell you whether they can do it or not. So sometimes it's not the client's fault that the deal is declined. So you need to find out as to why, because you can go to dealer A, get declined, go to dealer B and get approved of because of equity again. So those are things we need, we need to look at. So moving on to why is it that we, we're speaking about this? A dealer gets all these documents, we get a, an approval, for example. The, the dealer comes back to the client to say, right, your vehicle has been approved. These are the installments that we originally spoke on. I'm out probably by 30 Rand or 40 Rand because of um, uh, the dealer incent, in, 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 inception fee. Yes. So I'm out by 30, 40 Rand. Then you say, 
great. I love the deal. Thank you. It's done. And then you say, I'm going home. I'm going to, to speak to my missus or whatever the case may be. And then a day later, or even a day later, you, you call the dealer and you, you say, I don't, I don't want the car anymore. This is sparked by what actually happens on hindsight. So the dealership has done all the finance work. Right. We've gotten the vehicle prepared. If it's a used car, it's gone, obviously, to roadworthy. A valet is done. Polish is done. Inspection is done again. You've spent money. We've you've spent invested money. money. You've invested 100%. time. You've put off another sale. 100%. Potent I mean, it Potential sale. All the time, yeah. And you just simply come back and say, I changed my mind. It's fine to change your mind. Again, let us know to put you into the right deal so we do not get to a point where we've prepared the vehicle and um, you just don't want it. Lastly, what we just see as disrespectful and not kosher is ghosting dealerships. And we see more and more um, in applications and all the deals that we're currently doing. Let's just have decency to get back to the dealership and say, I've rethought about this and it's, I don't want the car anymore. Let us know because we potentially have the vehicle on the stand, like you're saying, sure. off advertising platforms and waiting for you. And everybody's excited. You're meeting targets. We've all got targets. One of the things that I've got a saying in business, and I really do believe that, the customer is not always right. But when the customer is right, they're right. Obi, an absolutely lovely perspective. We always feel that we have to look after the customer. I think what you've brought to the fore here today is it takes two to tango. It does. Customer, please also look after the dealer. Are we going to have you in again? Definitely, definitely. This was great. Are you in your happy seat there? I am in my happy seat. And it also you know, gives us a chance to discuss and not dictate what the market does, but to discuss and let people know out there. Awesome. Thanks for being in. Lovely show. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Keep It or Change Cars podcast. What an episode it was. Proudly brought to you by Change Cars. Visit changecars.co.za. If you're looking to buy a car, if you're looking to sell a car, new or used, if you need advice, contact us. Podcast at changecars.co.za. If you've got a quote on a brand new vehicle, let us compare it to what we can do for you. Beat my quote at changecars.co.za. But it doesn't stop there. You want a motorbike? You want a jet ski? You want a caravan? You'll find it on the site changecars.co.za For South Africa's best motoring content, catch all things motoring on DSTV channel 189 and on YouTube. New episodes every week.